0: from the ESPN 690 and, and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Nice counter left there from Kayla Mayer. She keeps pounding with that left hook, follows up with the right, and down goes Zamora.
1: Brent, you know I operate, right? I'm always the guy that's trying to find that next big thing. Yeah. Right? I found Kyla Marie this year um you found those stupid headphone things that you wear from apple like AirPods. Those are, th- airpods thank you those are big now they're not cool but they're big and everyone's into them well i make it a habit of trying to find the next big thing and i think right now our next guest on this show has the potential to be the next big thing not only in female boxing but i'm talking about in combat sports in general we are happy to be joined right now by michaela Mayer. michaela how are we doing today
2: Hi, doing well, thank you.
1: Michaela, AirPods, uh they cool or not?
2: <laughs> I hate AirPods because they don't fit in my ear. I don't understand well, how everyone runs and works out with them, like they fall out.
1: Brent, you see, the kids aren't into it. I told you, man. You had you to start taking note of it. McKay, so I, I got to talk to you a little bit real quick before we get into your fight coming up here. My introduction to you was actually like five or six years ago in the most random of places. It was a Dr. Pepper commercial. And I, I distinctly oh, no remember... Way. Yeah, so I distinctly remember the Dr. Pepper commercial because, number one, it had one of my favorite bands, Sleigh Bells. Brent, don't worry about Sleigh Bells. They're like a thrash metal band. Appreciate you, it. you ain't into them. Don't worry about that. Nope. But, uh, but it was a really cool commercial. And I'm like, I had no idea who this girl hitting the mitts was, hitting the heavy bag, but I had to check her out, and ever since then, I've been a fan, so my question to you is, how did you get hooked up at a Dr. Pepper commercial, and did you get, like, a year's supply of anything from them?
2: Oh, my God, okay, so that was, like, seven years ago, because that released in January of 2013, so, yeah, we filmed in, like, 2012, and that was, they contacted, like, they contacted Coach Allison, ran a person with a production company, and then... Um, you know they're trying to get a hold of me, and then they, my coach. I'll connect them to my manager, and I don't know just how anything happens. They're looking for unique people with like unique stories, like one of a kind stories, right? And they felt mine to be unique, and that was such a dream come true for me because to be honest, that campaign like funded my Olympic dream. You know, it was just yeah. like any other amateur sure. boxer. Like you don't get paid as an amateur. Training for a sport like boxing, like no one, no one. It's not like gymnastics or these Americanized sports anymore, and so. That, with that deal, like I was able to really, really chase my dream and go on and make the Olympic team in 2016.
1: So Michael and you mentioned it. You know obviously you have a great story. Um and, and it's a different one obviously, but like the part that I love about it is the fact that you actually started in Muay Thai. Now I train MMA myself. I'm a pro MMA fighter trying to get to like a r- record like yours one day. We'll see. But my point is like what made you pursue Muay Thai first and then what actually made you pursue boxing after that? Cuz usually if you find something that you like, you stick with it. But you actually transition from Muay Thai to boxing
2: yeah so i started with muay thai because that was the gym that was by my house it was a muay thai it's called majero gym la and it was right down the street from my house like so accessible you know i didn't have a car so i just ran there every day and the coach there was uh ricardo who was a an old muay thai kickboxing um guy so he was the first person to sort of take me under his wing and you know it's all my passion and kind of like those those first coaches are so important, and he did that for me. And I, I love Muay Thai, and I'm tall, and I have long legs, and I could kick well. But I had this little like minor tweak in my bag, probably from going from like not working out at all to suddenly wanting to work out six, seven days a week and be the best in this fighting sport. So I had this little tweak in my bag that prevented me from kicking. And so my coach at the time was like, let's just take some boxing fights to keep you busy, and it was easier in LA, right, Mm -hmm. to find boxing matches versus Muay Thai matches, and so that came easy, and then all of a sudden, I just sort of like fell in love with boxing, I didn't want to go back to kicking, my toes are broken, and I don't know, I just liked (laughs) boxing, and it was easier for me to get more fights, and there was more of a ladder to climb in the United States with boxing versus Muay Thai.
0: Absolutely. Michaela Mayer with us here on Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. Big fight coming up this weekend. I want to ask you a little bit about the your success in USA boxing and just uh, in, as it relates to COVID-19 and the summer games that were postponed until next year uh, for all the athletes. How hard do you think that will be for athletes who were gearing up for that and now have to kind of shift their focus and training into the next year?
2: Um. Yeah, so I don't even have to think about it because I still have good friends on Team USA. You know, I still live in Colorado Springs down the street from the Olympic Training Center. And um, I know these these kids, these, they're not even kids, a lot of them are grown. But on this Olympic team who've had to, I mean, waiting four years is already, like, a lot of work, right? To be very patient. And so adding an extra year on there, and then on top of that, not even knowing... If it's actually going to happen, like we're all still sitting here, like anything can happen, right? We didn't think this pandemic was going to last that long, so I definitely feel for them. Especially, you know, my friend Jenny Few. She she didn't turn pro after the last Olympics. She decided to stay for one more quad, and she's 32 this year, and she's putting her her pro career on hold for this Olympic dream that she has. And an extra year makes a difference in the sport. You know, we can't be athletes forever, so I definitely feel for them mikhail
1: you know we always talk about in the show we we talk a lot of sports here and we always talk about the modern era athlete right and we talk about the modern era athlete you know there's a certain vibe there's a certain self-awareness with it and we always kind of find like especially in in the sports we cover like the jacksonville jaguars here in jacksonville like sometimes when you have an older coach well it doesn't mesh well i mean you have one of the most respected coaches and to me in my opinion one of the most old school coaches and al mitchell coaching you Mm -hmm. uh my first question is how would you guys kind of you know Get together, and number two, like, and I don't think there's a disrespect here, but like, was he kind of hesitant to actually coach a, f- a female fighter, and did you kind of earn his respect a little bit?
2: Oh yeah, and no, that's 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 a good question because yeah, I am like the first female he's trained at this level. Like, he's had a few girls that he's worked with here and there, but I mean, I got connected with him because there was a boxing program in nor- Northern Michigan that he ran. So he ran this program for 20 years where he had kids come up there um and they had to be enrolled in northern michigan university and he trained them for the nationals and for the olympics and so i mean he had a lot they're called the bad boys he had a lot of great male fighters coming in by that program and towards the end of it that 20th year he got a call from my dad saying like will you take my daughter they're letting women into the olympics now like you have to take her (laughs) and so he was like uh you know the it wasn't something that normally he would be open to doing, but he's like, all right, you know, I guess it's there in the Olympics. And my dad called and called and kind of pushed it. So um, two weeks later, I was on a plane to from L.A. to northern Michigan, the North Pole, which was a <laughs> disaster. I know, <laughs> no, if I knew where I was going, I might not have gone. I was
0: going to say, what month was that? Because that's a, <laughs> it makes, makes a, a big difference. difference.
2: No, like, you're right on Lake Superior. So even though it's maybe, like, five degrees out, it's really, like, negative 15, and I just – I, I'd never been in that weather, let alone having to run in that weather and like <laughs> walk to classes. And I just didn't have like the attire. Like I came, I showed up in a juicy suit and a boot. <laughs> okay, like that was my warm outfit. And, I like, and so I just, I just didn't know. I had to learn real quick, but I ended up staying there even after the program shut down. I got there the last year the program was open. And so even after that shut down, I mean, I got my ass in an apartment and I stayed there because I was like, I don't really like the cold, and they're not in school anymore because they cut my funding. But I'm going to stay with this coach. He's going to get me to the Olympics. Like, this is what I have to do, and so I stayed there for five years. Ended up making the team in 16, 2016.
1: Top ranked boxing, ESPN is going to stream live starting at, at seven thirty. ESPN Plus. Let's talk about your opponent a little bit, Abra mm-hmm. Branica. What we'll, would we'll just call it like that? Yeah. And and did I say that right. Was that close enough? Michaela? Yeah, it's yeah, E-W-A. EWA. It's EWA. Yeah. So I've
2: been playing her A-W-A, but I think it's Eva. It's just it the Eva, way it's yeah. Well, yeah, it
1: is what it is. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we have, we have a lot more respect for you than her, apparently. But with that being said, though, let's be honest. I mean, she is a champion, right? And she's bringing the belt to the table right now. I've watched two or three of yeah. her matches. And I feel like with you, listen, I feel like you've come into your own now, right? you found your range. You have the the technique. Um, You can fight and you can fight out. Like, you're, you're a technical boxer. And anytime you can showcase those skills that gets the ratings you're fighting a girl though who has two things in my opinion she either dances around the outside or she comes in and tries to hold you so my question is as far as the game plan i need to know your game plan but like how do you avoid fighting her fight like how do you how do you go about making it a mckayla mayor main event kind of fight where you're on espn and we're all talking about you
2: so like and you just made me think of this, like you are not the first person to say, this is what she does. She runs and then she holds. And it's very, very, very clear what her style is. And so I think that, Maybe she does that really well, and so we've had to, we've definitely trained to fight a runner, which can be frustrating, and definitely trained to fight someone who's going to grab and hold, which can be frustrating also. But the fact that you can look at her fight, and even people who maybe not know, know boxing really well can see what she does, I think that's a weakness in its own. If you look at my fights, you can see that I can fight in all areas of the ring. I can box and move. I can fight on the inside. And so you don't really know what I'm going to do. You can't train for all of that. But we've trained for what Ava Rodnica does, um, and we have game plans for that, and yeah, like you said, it it can be a little frustrating those styles not playing into it. But you know, that's what I have two great coaches for. That's what we've had a 13 week camp for, so.
1: We got it and you know as we talk about the evolution if you will of mayor here um you know you, you you had a really good job like i feel like now you're starting to get to come into your own where you're starting to hype up your fights and stuff right like you, you call that terry harper for her belt um it seems like you're more active on social media now like obviously that's by design right like you're you're trying to go above and beyond right now you found a new sense of confidence i don't call it cockiness because you have the skills to back it up so it's confidence but do you truly feel like all these belts should be yours
2: Yeah, I do. It's funny because Coach Al hates when I get like that too. Like he's always (laughs) like, you know, stay humble. Like he's always raised me just to be like, you know, humble and like whatever positive. But like I really have gotten to this point where I feel, and it's because of his coaching and his training and our hard work in the gym. Like I come into these fights now and I'm really confident. Like I feel like I'm peaking and you know, coming to my own as an athlete and I feel like I'm the best in this division. And so I'm ready to say that, you know. And I didn't, I didn't want to step into the pros and be like, I got this. I'm the best. F everyone because. I was coming out of the amateurs and that's a huge transition from the amateurs to the pro. Not everyone does it well and it's, and I had to, I had to work hard at it and now I feel like I'm at the point where like, okay, I put the work in, I'm 13 and 0, I'm the top contender in this division and I'm ready, I'm ready for the challenges. So, I, it came. the the confidence came naturally.
1: You know, and and last question for you is obviously as you get more showcased here on ESPN, and obviously you're on ESPN six ninety right now, so you, you officially made it because we have all the big stars on our show. <laughs> no, with that being said though, um, you know, as you get more opportunities now, let's be honest, like your name starts to grow more, people start to know you more, and you start to become a household name. Well, that means more opportunities outside the ring. And I guess we've seen this with more in MMA than we have with boxing. I mean, I think Ronda Rousey is a classic example. But, like, how do you balance the outside stuff now coming your way? Because it's going to be a whirlwind. It's going to be a tornado. How do you balance the outside stuff with the in-ring stuff?
2: It's a skill. Not everyone has that skill. I knew from the very beginning that if I wanted a career in the sport, that I had to brand myself. I had to to reel in the sponsors, reel in the endorsements. I had to, to build this market that didn't exist. So I've always known that from the jump. And that's where, like, I sort of manifested. I feel like I've manifested everything in my life, but also, like, that, that Dr. Pepper deal, you know, that was, that went hand in hand with me, um, knowing that that was an important part of my, of building my career. And I'd gotten to manager, and fortunately, just in time, I was able to turn that, that deal over to him, and I've been with the same manager ever since, and so we've really been, building my career and working hard to brand myself and so i feel like i've set myself up nicely so this is all going to come in and I'm, I'm ready for it i'm prepared for it and it does take balance and extra focus but i i, I feel like i'm going to be able to handle it well
0: Michaela mayer on espn 690 and i'm here for all the boxing talk and and a big fight coming up on saturday of course uh, but i'm not leaving without asking you this fun fact that was uh, handed to us as well uh former oh. bassist in a punk rock band as a teenager <laughs> Explain, please.
2: <laughs> it wasn't punk. It was a metal band. Oh, I was metal band. Okay. <laughs> Even more impressive. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I was in an all-girl rock metal band coming up. Like, I feel like I've always been an extremist. And when I was younger, like, it was metal and music, and that's what I loved. I would go to shows, and I ended up putting an ad out on Craigslist to join a band, and I wanted to be an all-girl rock metal band, and I got a response real quick, and. <laughs> I was with these girls for years. We played Warp Tour three times, like, went on two U.S. tours. Like, we were nothing big, but we did it, and it was fun. And my, my singer, guitar player, Nita Strauss, like, she really made it. She's the lead guitarist for Alice Cooper, best female guitar player in the world um, in Rolling Stone magazine. So, she's, she's awesome. She's great. When this pandemic ends, I'm definitely having her walk me out to my next world title fight. So, um, but yeah, I, I dropped it all, though, and then started boxing.
1: That's, That's awesome. awesome. All right, store. so well, I have to ask you then real quick. Real quick, the, the last song you play, I mean, I'm not sure if you listen to music or not. Obviously, it's not going to be with those AirPods. But if you do listen to music, what's the last song that you're playing before you walk out to the ring?
2: Oh, I got, oh, my gosh, so many things right now. But... um I'm still preparing my walkout song, so it'll probably be that. But okay. I'm definitely like I'm I'm more into the hip hop now. So my last my last fight I walked out to Moneybag Yo, but I'm thinking a <laughs> I'm thinking an Ellie Chopper right now. People like don't expect me to walk out to that, but it's just what hypes me up. So
0: hey, appreciation, I, I can dig that. It's all good, good stuff, Michaela Mayer. Thanks for spending some time with us. Good luck Saturday night, uh, and hopefully we can get you on again soon
2: okay right on thank you
0: you bet uh, that how cool is that story what is it with you guys you fighters what's up you guys all have pretty interesting stories yeah man i mean that was like not just going in your garage and being a <laughs> no, metal geez. band basis no she said she toured World i mean tour, I, man. <laughs> what the, I didn't tour. expect that like, yeah. I, I thought it was like ah, that's kind of a fun little cool yeah thing, she you plays know, on the you, side like yeah, i do like yeah, every yeah. once in a while and once in a blue. <laughs> little, no she's actually legit she can cool. slap the base. That's cool. Uh, by the way, Saturday night, top rank on ESPN. Streams live on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, undercard start at 7.30. And uh, very cool. Uh, good story. That is a wild story in itself because I've been to northern Michigan. Oh, yeah. So I know what she's talking about. You have to, right?
1: Oh, I, I was getting recruited there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It, it going to be a no for me. <laughs> I mean, people, you don't understand how cold it is there. Yeah. It's something different. I mean, we would go because I would do the play-by-play for the men's and women's basketball team. So mm-hmm. we would take that trip and steph actually played volley they were in our conference oh and so okay, she I played got volleyball up there now yeah, i wouldn't yeah. really go on those trips at the time yeah but i went with the men's women's basketball team made a trip up there and you'd stay up there for like three days mm-hmm. and, and doing the radio stuff and i mean it's it's obviously in december and january yeah it's you're lucky you
1: get home yeah <laughs> i'll tell you what <laughs> you more. feel
0: like it's gonna snow for yeah. like
1: Five feet. One of the cool things I ever, uh, I've ever seen was when I took a recruiting trip to Minnesota-Duluth, kind of up there as well, right? And it gets cold up there, especially in the wintertime, obviously. And they had this thing where it's like underground tunnels. So when you stayed in the dorms as a freshman and sophomore, um, the tunnels led to every one of your classrooms. So you never have to take a step outside. You literally get up, go in your PJs, go in these tunnels, you go to class. Never had to put on a jacket. Never had to go outside. How cool is that? that it's really yeah. cool. That's Child's a great Minnesota, idea. Duluth. Yeah, it's kind it makes of, sense. Well, and
0: by the way, it was like going to the Super Bowl in Minnesota. That's yeah. their whole city. Yep. And Indianapolis has a little bit of a feel like this in the winter. That's why it's become such a convention place. Yeah. Yep. But... uh Pretty wild, Uh, great story, Michaela Mayer. She was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll see what happens Saturday night. But obviously, this is a big, this is a hurdle fight, right? I mean, this is one that uh, I should call like a trampoline fight, yeah, because. She wins this, well, so she, and, she, she and wins all the this. big things come.
1: Exactly. She wins this one. She wins the belt. This is, it's actually the first time ESPN has ever showed, I think, a it is. women's title fight, it if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So it's a big, I mean, for her from that standpoint. But um, yeah, this is going to catapult her, I feel like, into another stratosphere if she wins this fight. She's going against a pretty game opponent, but I feel like if Mayer fights her fight, she's have no problem. Somebody's O. Has to go. Has got to go. Yes, and real sir. quick
0: thought we do is FSU at four. We'll mention uh, real fast. Uh, listen, the storylines for FSU are not crazy uh, right now, right? It's like, can you try to find a W? Can you try. What, uh, my thought was this. I, and I don't know if you watched the end of the game be- the other day. Uh, I think Stuart, we were working, and, and he probably saw some of it. But uh, You're talking about against Louisville here. Against yeah, Louisville, okay. and they okay. were getting trounced, right? Yeah. And I thought it was a very disappointing effort. Mm-hmm. But when Purdy came into the game... Mm-hmm. Right? He you he looked a little different to me. Right? Yeah. He looked like the guy that could do a little bit of everything. He got my attention. Now he went like oh for eight because Whoa. everybody dropped every pass well, their yeah. I mean, there was a drop touchdown pass. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. They dropped like bread basket Didn't passes. do many favors. Yeah, I mean it yeah. was it was just like the epitome of what they failed on the whole game. Yeah. And the epitome of Florida state right now in, in a sense. Yeah. But I I left that game with like I want to see more of him. And Jordan Travis, by the way, has done a good job at quarterback. Like, he's given him some life. I was going to say, here's the problem. We said the exact same thing after Jordan Travis came in. Yeah. It's not yeah a bad well, point. the problem with Travis for me is we know we can't really throw the football. You like, know what you're and, getting with him. And I, like so to me it's like how can you be that one to me- like I actually wonder how do you even play quarterback at this level, knowing that you can 't sit there and throw it twenty five times a game mm-hmm. like you can't like they just wouldn 't do that to you mm-hmm. because and now listen he's also done a couple of things with the arm, but he's he 's a legs guy <laughs> i mean that 's what he is, and it surprises me that you can play at this level and be that mm-hmm. you know in this day and age. Mm-hmm. So he can do it adequately, but they're not going to sit there and throw it thirty times. Mm -hmm. So if a team can take away the run, then you're you're in trouble. You know if they if they you know spy him, you could be in trouble. Now he's still done a really nice job. He's fun to watch that way. Mm -hmm. But what else happens? You're going to get banged up, right? And he has been banged up. Mm -hmm. So. I, I'm I'm interested in seeing... Now, listen, it might be a flop, but it, you know we had the col- collarbone issue. Now he's obviously back. I'd like to see them insert him a little bit more and see what they have.
1: I mean, you might as well, right? Because at the end of the day, listen, you could be playing for a bowl game, maybe, but like it's, it's, not, a, it's not a good year for the Florida State Seminoles. And I think the way it works, and mistake, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but this is kind of like a free year for everybody, right? Like Where if they put him in, I mean, you're not going to burn anything with him. So you might as well put that dude in and see what he has and then you can evaluate him going forward. Well, yeah, nothing to lose. The other
0: thing is, they have a bye right now this week. Okay. okay? Yeah. And so you could work him in more. Now sure. that he's healthy, you can start working him back in. So when you play Pittsburgh in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. then he could be ready to go. Mm-hmm. I'd almost be surprised if we don't see a little bit more of that. My takeaway from that game is like, oh, he's awful. It was no, they can't catch the football for him. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and that was just an awful game in general, and everything went wrong. Yeah. So that's my thought on Florida State. And with FSU at four, that means we also give away a twenty-five dollar gift card to Donatos. Weber, can you
1: handle this? Man, question? I'm throwing a lot at him right now. I don't know if anyone's going to get it. It might just go in the pocket.
0: <laughs> Weber, that's only phones are off. That Sorry, cannot everybody. happen. Yeah, you cannot should
1: preface that for sure.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we don't encourage that kind of behavior. 904-362-362. Nine nine zero one Call let's number two. What is seven? Let's not make it hard on Weber. 25. And uh, we'll just do uh, first call? caller number two okay. for two quarterback system. <laughs> there it is. Nine zero 25 nine zero one twenty-five dollar gift card to Donato's Pizza on Beach Boulevard. We'll be back on Action Sports Jackson ESPN six ninety. Brent Martineau. Uh,
1: then I said Still looking for his fourth career sack. Austin Lake. Spending pretty much every single day with somebody for pretty much two years now that you know somebody. And they surprise you. (laughs) I sit here before you right now and I am surprised.
0: Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety.
2: So we've had good success with Pac twelve quarterbacks and the Sixth round. Do you want to continue yes, that do you want to continue that tradition?
1: I love that more than anything. That sounds great, Coach. I want to let you down. Give you
0: everything mm-hmm. I got. That is Dave Caldwell.
1: Draft coach, Day coach conversation. Caldwell, yeah, way.
0: Coach Dave Caldwell. Uh, draft day conversation with Jake Luton. When he got drafted in the sixth round, obviously referring to Gardner Minshew. Luton can sling it. That was courtesy of Jaguars.com. By the way, more behind the scenes of the Jaguars tonight on Jaguars All Access. We'll discuss the Gardner Minshew injury at length. That's coming up tonight, 7 o'clock on Fox 30. We'll be at the stadium for that in a bye week, but uh, the show must go on, and it goes on with some obviously big news around the quarterback situation of the Jags here on a Thursday. We'll discuss that in length a little bit more uh, coming up. We'll also have Josh Allen on and... Ashlyn Sullivan will have a conversation with Daniel Thomas, who blocked the punt on Sunday. And it's so important, so, so important the remainder of this year for the Jacksonville Jaguars to flash it with the young guys. I mean, they really have to. Like that is, you know, we, we can be, you know, miserable. We can, you know, we got to acknowledge it's a six game losing streak and the team isn't very good. There's not a lot of hope. In terms of this season, I mean, what's what, what are you hoping for? Uh, many people just hoping for a draft pick. But it is so important for some of these young players to be good. I don't know how many that is. I feel like it should be more than look good so far, if I'm being honest. But it is imperative if this thing is going to get fixed at some time in the next couple years that this draft was not a bust. Mm -hmm. You know, and we did it yesterday, and it's not off to a great start. It really isn't. You can see some flashes here or there, but it is. you are lying to yourself if you sit there saying, oh, I'm fired up about this draft. That is not the way it is. That does not mean it's going to be a failure of a draft or bad draft. But through seven games, it's a slow starter in terms of being able to nail it down as a successful draft. That's fact. And uh, we'll have to play this in the last nine nine games out and see where these guys are. And improvement is, is, like I just said, imperative. They have to be able to say at the end of this year that, man, look at this guy. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. There has to be, in my estimation, five to seven of those guys. And I've got one right now that I can lock in and say, that's James Robinson. And he feels like he's going to be fantastic. I don't think you can do it for seven weeks in the NFL like he's done it. And Mm -hmm. it'd be a fluke, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he's something. I don't know if he's a perennial pro bowler, but he's something to build on.
1: Without a doubt. And sometimes, see, I want to ask you this question. Would you rather be satisfied with C.J. Henderson coming out and being the absolute man or Caleb on chase on coming out and like, you know, playing like a first round pick it's like oh i I get it i see why or are you more impressed and more satisfied with james robinson playing running back because here's where i'm coming from it's great that james robinson is is going to be the guy going forward right anytime you you can show up a running back like that means something but at the same time i don't want to call you lucky because you still brought him in like to me and you said it yourself, you, you've you called the fifth, sixth, seventh round and run draft for agency a crapshoot, if you will. It is. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, I was drafted there. Maybe so not the be, fifth round. Be kind. Be, be, please be kind. Um, But with that being said, like there's not a lot of expectations, let's just say. Yeah. Okay? So anytime that a guy comes in, well, then you're surprised. And it's like, whoa, check this stud out. Like, all right, cool. Like, Talvin Smith, um, Alan Hearns, James Robinson. Like, it's a pleasant surprise. But don't you think there's more importance for your first-round picks to make sure that they're up to snuff, they're up to par? Because if they're not, the the entire draft class really means nothing as far as I'm concerned. There's 16 rookies,
0: I believe, on this roster. Mm -hmm. I I think we talked about 15 of them essentially playing and having impact right now, or, or at least will have an impact. And I'm probably missing someone to get to the 16th. But I think LaVisca Chenault's going to be good. I think... Devon Hamilton is going to be a good player. I don't know great, by the way, on any of these guys. I think good. I think James Robinson already is a good player. Mm-hmm. I think guys like Daniel Thomas have a real chance to be a good player, and Colin Johnson, real chance to be a good player. And Ben Barch could be a guy that plays in the NFL for 10 years and might not make Pro Bowls, but he's very adequate at the position and depth or, or in the middle of that line or, or whatever it might be. The Jaguars cannot, they cannot turn this thing around If they continue to miss on first round picks, Mm. they can't. So you can have these guys, and I can defend you and say, hey, that was a nice pick. Hey, that was a nice pick. That was pretty good. But if I have to go back to the well and say, you missed at number nine, and you missed at number 20, after you missed at number three, and 28, and four, and three, and two, and six, and whatever over the years, you can't flip it, man. You yeah. just can't flip it by perennially missing these number one picks. Mm. You can't. You know, I, I think the Jaguars have made some nice selections over the years. There's no doubt there's more talent in Jacksonville over the last handful of years than there were in my first handful of years. Absolutely, I think. But the, the, the grade sheet goes to... Round number one, and when you pick in the top ten as much as this franchise has picked in the top ten, and you see the results, it ain't good enough. It's the reason we're here. It's the reason we're here right now in Jacksonville at this spot once again, because – You miss and miss and miss at where you could have blockbuster guys. Yes, you're going to get fortunate once in a while. You're going to have Yannick Ngakwe, and that's a different story because you find him in the third round. He's a very good player, and then you don't keep him. Yeah. But you're going to find Telvin Smith in the fifth round who turns into a pro bowler. And that one probably isn't your fault that he's not here anymore. Situational. But my point is you're going to find some talent along the way. Colin Johnson might be a pro bowl wide receiver down the road. Yeah. Right? Uh, You know, well, DJ Chark looks pretty good in the second round. But I am just convinced, after watching this franchise for the last decade, in the correlation between bad teams and bad misses in the first round, that if you don't hit those, well, then you ain't winning. I want to think about this real
1: quick. Now, obviously take C.J. Henderson and Caleb on Chase on out of this because they were drafted this year. If you go back to see how many first-round picks are still on this team, Ever, you know, I'm saying, like in the history of the Jaguars organization, all the first oh, off picks the numbers been in, are ugly. You know how many picks are still on this team right now? Yeah, uh, two. Taven, Taven, and uh, Josh Allen. And Josh Allen.
0: That's it. Yeah, it's it's just disgusting, really. I mean, it's a it's a it's an indefensible. You don't win like that, thing, okay? Yeah. It's it's indefensible, and so if you that's why it doesn't like we did this sheet, yeah, and it almost doesn't matter. Nine in twenty. Nine and 20. Those guys, C.J. Henderson, I'm sorry, man, but you got to be good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, I don't need you to go to Canton, but you need to be good. Mm -hmm. Caleb on on. I need you to get to the quarterback and learn how to play this game at this level sooner than later. Mm -hmm. Right? And so that's what these nine games are. Uh, These nine games are so important for those two guys and the rest of this draft class. Because if it's another flop in the first round, and it's a flop with this draft class that was so big, you know what? Dave Caldwell is going to be out of here anyway. Doug Marone is going to be out of here anyway. But the lingering effect of that is going to be massive, and it just doesn't allow you to flip it. doesn't matter how many draft picks you have next year. doesn't matter if you have a new regime. doesn't matter if you have plenty of money. It does not allow you to flip it quick enough over these next couple years, and we're just going to be talking about the same stuff and going around in a circle.
1: Let's go back to 2019. And this draft class, Josh Allen, Juan Taylor, Josh Oliver, Quincy Williams, Reichwall Armstead, Gardner Minshew, Dontavious Russell. Seven players selected. If you were to give that draft back in 2019 a grade right now from what you've seen from him right now, sitting here on a Thursday. Give me the list again. Josh Allen, Juan Taylor, Josh Oliver, Quincy Williams, Reichwall Armstead, Gardner Minshew, Dontavious Russell. If you were to give him a, that, that draft class of grade right now from where we sit looking in right now, what are you giving him? I would give him probably a pretty strong B. Mm, okay. And here's why,
0: because I'm not going to be hypocritical in what I just said. Not, Josh Allen it. might be the best first-round pick you've had. Mm-hmm. He might be the best first-round pick you've made. Uh, he might be. Now, in, in terms of long... Longevity you know, they, and just future, be a long yeah. view of it, Because obviously right? Jalen
1: Ramsey would be up there. Jalen as well. Ramsey
0: certainly is great, you yeah. know. And for a bit, I thought Justin Blackman was really good. And I know Caldwell didn't pick him, but my point being, I think at times Fournette delivered at times, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it, as bad as everybody said. Point being, Josh Allen, I think, might be here for eight to ten years. Sure. I think, uh, who was the second round? Uh, Juwan Taylor. Juwan Taylor. See, I think Juwan Taylor's a pretty good player. Sure. He's taken some lumps at times. I thought he would take a bigger step maybe this year, and I think he struggled more than I thought at times. But I still think he's gonna be a pretty good player. I think he's a nice foundation piece for this franchise. Mm-hmm. So I take those two picks and I say, you know what? I think you hit on them. I think mm-hmm. you hit on those guys. Yeah, I don't know about Quincy Williams. I, I don't know. Fl- We saw flashes. I know. I just yeah. don't know. I think yeah. I, I don't know about the rest, but I also know out of the six-round pick, you got more than you ever would have imagined already out of Gardner-Mitchell, to yeah. be honest. But what The about, fact that you even, yeah. you even tested him to be your franchise True. quarterback shows that you got more.
1: But, uh, but Brent, but it's about what are we talking about right now, though? Are we talking about him the, being the no. starter going forward? No. So, essentially, what we're talking about right now is— But he wasn't a bust of, that, of a pick. No, I understand. But what we're talking about right now is going forward— Right now, we can foresee maybe two guys, maybe three guys having significant playing time on this team. Maybe now when, we'll see who wins the third.
0: See, we just don't. and Josh Oliver really messes this up because we haven't even seen him. Exactly right. Uh, so, and, uh, and Rock Armstead's been dealing with his you yeah, know, the stuff, and that's
1: not fair. But to, see,
0: I think once you get to, he's a fifth round guy. Yeah. And when, again, once you get to those guys, it's like, oh right, I, we're not banking on them being good. We're banking on round one and round two to be good. And we're really banking on probably round three to be good. You should. So Quincy Williams and Josh Oliver would maybe boost this to an a Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. If we get some consistent play out of them going forward, I just can't sign up for that yet. I can sign up for Josh Allen and Jawan Taylor being good. I actually think that draft's a pretty good draft. Those are how you build it. Right? Because if I can get two guys, imagine if the Jags had two guys from every draft over the last five or six years that they
1: could just, bam, these are our blocks. Well, this thing would look pretty damn good. But the question, I mean, we can go back year by year. I feel like they have had those guys, but they're not here anymore.
0: Well, that's a different, again, well, but, there's uh, a different angle to that. Of
1: Yeah, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like, Alan Robinson, one of those guys, he's not here. True. You know, you can.
0: But they, they got enough of those guys over a three to four year span where they went to the AFC Championship game. Sure. And they complemented it with very good free agents. And And so my point being, if they get two studs out of this draft, and then they hit on James Robinson as well, even though it was a massive 16-player class, to me, I think that might be good enough. Yeah. If C.J. Henderson, Caleb on chase on a really good and they got lucky with a guy like uh, Robinson, Yeah. hell yeah, man. You do that for two more years on top of free agents
1: and hopefully a franchise QB, you're going to win games. Do you think those are the two studs or do you think Devon Hamilton might have a chance? He might. I just don't know. Might have a little Wallet Says It All later today on the show, too, featuring Devon Hamilton. We got that segue. All
0: right. We got to take a break. Uh, When we come... Oh, by the way, let's give away another Donato's uh, $25 gift card. Let's... $25
2: 25 three for, for twenty five dollars. So, How
0: about okay, that? That's three. from a Gator, too. Oh, three, man. Caller he 3. to see it, Stuart. He went from 2 to 3. I like he it. figures he can handle it. 904-362-9901 that Otto's Pizza Beach Boulevard. Check him out. You get a $25 gift card. Be caller number 3 right now.
1: 904-362-9901. We know what we're going up against. We're going up against um, one of the top NFL defenses in the league.
0: Um, and it, it's not just Jalen Ramsey. It's not just Aaron Donald. We know this isn't going to be
1: any easier from here on out.
0: Who is that? That was Oh, that was Tua. There you go. How will Tua play? The Rams defense is pretty good. Better be. They spent a heck of a lot of money on it. Um, Dolphins defense. I take the under, by the way, in that game. How about that? I don't know what it is, but I take the under. Not too many and, games in the NFL, you say? I'll take the under. No, I mean I've I've been trumpeting defenses dead for the last month, but <laughs> I I would actually take the under yeah. uh, in that game because the Rams. Even the other day, it was like twenty-four to ten, right? Is was that the final, the Chicago game? Something that like. right. That, yeah, but yeah. it was twenty-four to ten forever, and and I I think partially that was. That McVeigh was like, "Hey, we're just going to hand the ball off three times, give it back to you. We don't think you can score." Yeah. Then they got it back again, handed it off three Which more times, right. and, and missed a field goal, mm-hmm. didn't score. That so. technique did not work against the Mean Machine, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> nice pull. Ramsey hasn't given up yards at all in a game twice already this season. Yeah. Xavier Howard hasn't done it. Has done that three times.
1: Yeah. Little uh, corner. Little cornerback. Yeah. Well, when you, let's be honest. When you have Aaron Donald, makes me, I'm not giving any excuse to Jalen Ramsey. He's still a heck of a corner. When you have Aaron Donald, who cares about only one thing getting the quarterback, doesn't care about how the, the storyline's going to go, doesn't care about your Disney moment, Tua, all he cares about is getting those quarterback sacks, it makes it easier to be a corner. I think Tua will play well. You think so? Against the Rams. Yeah. Well, because I feel like the trend
0: in the NFL is – those early games without tape, you do pretty well.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, that's what I think. I mean, okay. I, I, what have they been putting in for him over yeah. the last, they had a bye week, all that stuff. Listen, I'm not sitting here telling you he's going to throw for 400 yards and 35 points. I'm just telling you, I think he's, I think they're going to manage him well. I think they're going to put him in a pretty good position to do well. Yeah.
1: and I think they're going, he's going to do pretty well. Well, let's make it a little more interesting there, Mr. Martin. let's go ahead and say, in terms of, because obviously it's only fantasy football, it's only that matters in this in this world. Um, in terms of fantasy football, where do you think he's going to finish in terms of like ranking, like you know, in terms of the best numbers, Ooh. like um, I'm giving, like an over under cap kind of thing. He has to finish, you know, above a certain number. What are you going to go with? Let's make it juicy. Um, over 27 and a half. Well, I was going to say more like the ranking. Like, so he's going to be like the oh. 10th best quarterback or like the 12th best quarterback at least. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, Brent, 27 and a half. Let's be, let's take it down a little bit. That's, that's a lot of points. I don't know. Say going to do Yeah. I mean, okay. That's, you take that right
0: now on your team. Well, I had 34 last week with Joe Burrow. That's a good point. Oh, well, you La- didn't did have Joe. What happened? Cause Jackson was out. Yeah. Well, Lamar hasn't got me 34 yet this year. No, he hasn't. Lamar's getting like 27. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, so like, is he going to be a top 10 quarterback, a top 12 quarterback? I say, I always, I'm going to say this week he'll be a top 12 quarterback. Top 12 quarterback. Okay. All right. And I'm
1: going to go, I'm going to go against that all day. I think Aaron Donald says, nah, not today. Okay.
0: Top 12 quarterback in fantasy, right? You're going fantasy numbers. Just like ranking in terms of fantasy production. So even if he has 20 fantasy points, as long as he was top 12,
1: that's fine. Now, I'm going to be honest. The fact that he can rush with the ball makes me a little nervous because he's got some wheels, right? But Uh, he's not going to use them.
0: Nah, I mean, he's not really. He's mobile enough. But I actually think coming
1: off the hip stuff, I don't think he'll do a lot of that at all true but he's not fast guy. well you know what hey can we go top 10 because there, there's a lot of guys on their buy though too as well keep in mind it's, it's a big buy week i know that i was kind of murray's sneak, out i was kind of hoping to sneak well, that well, buy. immediately he, he gets that kyler murray bump because Kyler murray's out this week uh um, top 10 brent you gotta go there you enter you're out fine i'll do it top 10 don't be the day it's not a big deal you should get top 10 <laughs> you should get top 10 <laughs> ryan tannell at cincinnati's looking good yeah okay we'll see <laughs> top all right 10. i'm gonna put it in Put it in the the books. All right. Put
0: another bet down. Hey, you know what I watched last night? I was at work. I was doing some work. Working on All Access. Works good. (laughs) But I... I, it, was, it was really weird. It was, nothing was on. It was like the first time in three weeks that nothing's been on. We had the NBA. We had Major League Baseball all the time. You got all these football games on Monday, man. Tuesday, Stary whatever. Movies. I ain't watching that. But <laughs> I actually did try to flip on like Netflix on our computer down there, and I couldn't okay. get it to work or whatever. I so, had two different things I was watching last night. but uh, Yeah, and I wasn't watching what you were watching. What are you, what are you watching? Big Brother. After the race. Oh, and the race. Are you were watching Big and Brother? I, watching, uh, I didn't watch the race. last night. Kind of forgot about hey, the race. hey. I know finale last night, and your boy got paid because he Where's won the Kevin fantasy Cash? league. you he drafted it? the number one player and the number two player on my team. You're welcome. But you know what I like? I won't be bragging about it. Man. I was like a guilty pleasure last night. Easy was, Benjamin in my pocket. I don't mind. That's a good point. Congratulations, though. Shark Tank. Oh, that's good. Which, which, I mean, I've watched before. Yeah. I'm just saying I watched like episode after episode after episode. And like every time I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like yeah. this of. I love watching the presentations. Yeah. But you know what I like doing even more of? Because a lot of the things are reruns. Yeah. And so I go back. And I'm like, I wonder what they're doing now. I love doing right? that. Yeah. I love it's looking at right. the product later. No, absolutely. And it's fascinating. There's some the ones that have made a lot of money. Wow, well, there's a lot actually a lot of them that go on there yep. because of the the show mm-hmm. and the push that they get from there. Yeah. Actually even if they don't
1: jump in with them. Yeah. They they still do really well. well let me ask you this, if you had a product, it doesn't really matter what it is, who are you going with. Like if you had your choice of shark. Mm. Cubes? You were going to work with the cubes? Probably, Mr. Wonderful. Not be Mark Cuban. Cuban,
0: by the way, the Cubes. Yeah, Mark Cuban. Call the the I just yeah, okay. I would be apt to go with Cuban. That's just that I think. Yeah. I. You know what my favorite part of the show is? Is when they unexpectedly just go off on the people. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, you, you're a dumbass. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, what are you doing? But and it'd be like it's a great presentation. Be like, oh, you sold seventy five. Pre- you did what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Get like, out. They're yeah.
0: like, I can't believe it. Basically, like, you you had a lottery ticket yeah. and you threw it down the no, garbage. No, I'm,
1: I'm going to be honest, though. I'm going to be honest. Some of the stories are a little over-embellished, I feel like, sometimes. Absolutely. Right? Like, yeah, you know, like, oh, well, I, I was blind, and then, you know, I, I, I had sick, and then yeah, I discovered this, and then something else happened to my family, and then I came back, and that was fine, and my family happened something again, and then and they're like, it's like a heartwarming. I mean, come on. It's business, Brent. Gardner Minshew
0: and The Wall That Says It All, next on ESPN 690. Bye. Bye.